The Productive Woman, Episode 268. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome back or welcome if you're new and thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about some productivity tools that I'm using and finding very helpful these days. You'll find more information and links to the sources that I mention all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 268. This episode is brought to you by UCI and by HoneyBook. If you're pursuing goals this year or in the coming year that involve professional development, remember the special offer from the University of California, Irvine's Division of Continuing Education. Visit ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and enter the promo code TPW for 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and the promo code TPW for 15% off one course. Now is a great time to invest in yourself and your career. I'll share a little more about UCI later on. Right now, though, I want to welcome a new sponsor to The Productive Woman, and that is HoneyBook. This is especially for those of you who operate businesses. When you started your business, Did you dream about all those admin tasks like drafting proposals and contracts and tracking down payments? Well, if that wasn't part of your vision, you need HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. HoneyBook makes it simple to run your business better. They offer professional templates, e-signatures, and built-in automation that keeps everything on track and makes you look good. They can even consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp or Gmail. It's the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers and business owners. I found it very easy to get my business set up in HoneyBook, but they offer assistance in getting things set up when you switch to HoneyBook. And what's interesting is when I went to a cake tasting recently with my daughter for her, her upcoming wedding, I was surprised and delighted delighted to see that the baker uses HoneyBook for sending the proposal. And right within that proposal, we could click in one link to sign the contract and click another link to pay the deposit. It was easy as pie or or cake, I guess. Uh, So save time and do more of what you love with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering Productive Woman listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash TPW. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to honeybook.com slash TPW for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash TPW. Before we get into talking about productivity tools, I did want to take just a second to thank you for all the supportive responses that I have received to last week's heart to heart episode. It really, um, I'm overwhelmed by your generosity and your kindness and your support and your wise advice and reminders uh, to the things that I talked about in that episode. So 
thank you very much. I am so grateful to be a part of this community of amazing women who support and encourage one another through good times and difficult ones. And to the point of last week's episode, I talked a little bit last week about what's not working for me these days where I've been struggling. This week, I thought I would share a few things that are working and things that you might find helpful too, in terms of being more productive. So I've got 10 tools that I use. I'm going to share what purpose they serve, how I use them, what I like about them, and maybe some alternatives to the one that I use. So let's just dive in um, and I'll share mine and ask uh, maybe for your suggestions as well. So in no particular order, but uh, the first item that I have on here uh, as a productivity tool is sleep apps or apps for helping you fall asleep. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that's kind of a big deal for me right now. Um, I've been struggling with getting enough sleep. So there are apps that can help. What purpose, what productivity purpose do they serve? Well, they help quiet my mind so I can get to sleep. A lot of times when I'm struggling to get to sleep or to fall back asleep, um, it's because my mind is just racing and I, you know, I can't shut off the thoughts or I'm struggling with that. And so how I use these apps is that when I'm having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, or maybe I wake up in the night and, and kind of can't get, you know, need to get back to sleep. And if it's because my mind's just going a million miles a minute thinking about all the stuff that's going on, well, I can turn one of these apps on. I usually choose something with no words like soothing music or sounds, but there are apps or in the case, uh, in one case, a podcast that can help um, with words. So there's an, a podcast called sleep with me. I think I've mentioned this before. It's really a, it's a podcast designed to help people fall asleep. And he uh, tells stories in a kind of a soothing, kind of monotonous voice, but it just structured in a way that puts you to sleep. And I've said before that when I've used that, uh, listened to that podcast, um, I can't, couldn't tell you how, you know, how it ends, because I've never made it through an episode of that podcast without falling asleep. But I can only use that if Mike isn't home, if he's traveling or something, and I'm struggling to, to get to sleep or stay asleep, then I might turn to this sleep with me podcast. Um, but otherwise, I use one of these apps that has soothing music or sounds that can help kind of occupy my mind and get me to sleep. What I like about them is that they actually do help me fall asleep. So they're, they're effective in different ways. Uh, one of the main ones that I use, uh, is the Headspace app, which, um, I've talked about before, it's a guy that does guided meditations, but they also they have some of those that are specifically for helping you get to sleep. Uh, there also are some music options in it or sound options that you can choose. Similarly, the Calm um, app. So it's an app called Calm. It's another one that has guided meditations in it, but it also has options that are music or sounds that are designed to help you fall asleep. And I like both of those. And I can use those even if Mike's home, because I can have them pretty soft, uh, you know, on my phone, on the charger stand, kind of 
on my bedside table close to where my head is so I can hear it, but they're not disturbing him. Another app that's helpful for this is one called White Noise. And we'll put links for all of these in the show notes so that you can uh, check them out if you want to. But White Noise has a whole lot of different options in terms of sounds that um, can help you you know, cover, cover up uh, other noise. Say if you live somewhere where there's traffic noise and that's keeping you awake, this app can help with that. Or they're just kind of soothing and can help you fall asleep. So sleep aid apps are the first item on my list, just because that was the first thing that I thought of. Number two is a calendar. And we've talked about this a lot in the past. Uh, It is an indispensable tool for me what productivity purpose it serves. Well, it makes sure I don't miss any appointments or meetings or deadlines. The more I have going on and the more distracted or stressed I am, the more important my calendar is because that's where my, where my, uh, all those commitments live. For me personally, a digital calendar is a must because I can have it with me everywhere. I can enter appointments into it on the fly. I can set alarms, uh, ahead of whatever, you know, for whatever amount of time I need to be sure I get where I'm going on time. So how do I use my calendar? First of all, I enter every appointment as soon as it's made. I don't wait. I, I mean, literally any appointment I make gets put into my calendar immediately. And as I've talked about before, when I enter that appointment into my digital calendar, I include the phone number if it's a call that I'm supposed to make, for instance, the address for where I'm going if it's an appointment, uh, often the names of the other people involved and any other pertinent information. If it's an online appointment, the login link I'll put into the calendar appointment. So everything that's there uh, that I'm going to need for that appointment is right there. I will even attach relevant documents if it's appropriate. So say I have a conference call scheduled uh, with a client or with the the attorney on the other side of a deal to discuss comments on a particular document, I will attach that document right to the appointment so that when, when the alarm sounds, because I will set an alarm on it that will allow me time to either prepare if, if it's, you know, right where I am or, and, or to travel if it's somewhere outside of my office. And when that alarm goes off, I can open up the calendar uh, entry, pull up the document that we're going to talk about. The phone number is right there. The people I'm supposed to be talking to, all of that information is right there. So that, that is key for me in making my calendar really work for me. Um, I use separate calendars color coded for different areas of my life. So I have one calendar for my law practice, another one, a different color for productive woman things, and then a personal calendar. And they're each a different color. So I can see at a glance, uh, you know, what part of my life is taking up any particular day. And it's, that can be kind of helpful. It can be a quick check. If you look at a week and all of the appointments on your calendar are say work related, maybe, maybe it's a time to consider, you know, putting something in there that's personal self-care type of thing. They all sync to the same place. So although they are different calendars, I can see them all in one. What I like about 
the calendar as a productivity tool is that it reduces the stress level because I know I'm not going to miss a commitment and I don't have to try to carry it all around in my head, including all the information when I actually enter the appointment, as I, as I just was talking about phone numbers, addresses, other people's names, all that stuff means I don't waste time having to go back and find it later. So, um, it's, to me, it's a really, a truly indispensable tool. I could not function without my calendar, uh, for all those reasons. So what are some of the alternatives in terms of digital calendars? Primarily I use the iOS calendar. So the Apple calendar, well, it's the iOS calendars, but I tend to view them using an app called calendars five on my, um, on my iPhone. And it, I just like the way it looks, but you can use just the regular old Apple calendar and create a separate calendar for each of these areas. In addition, um, my husband and I share our personal calendars with each other. So I can see Mike's calendar in my app and see where he's going to be if he's got appointments and that sort of thing. Alternatives to the iOS calendars, if you don't like them, or if you don't use Apple devices would be Google calendars. Tons of people use those. A lot of the guests that have been on the show with me have talked about using Google calendars. And um, it can do you can do a lot of the same things, you can create separate calendars for different things. Outlook calendar is a, another alternative. Honestly, for our work, for my law practice, we actually use Outlook, but I can sync my Outlook calendar, my, that, my legal calendar, my law practice calendar with calendars five so I can see it in there. Or BusyCal is another one that I like on the Mac. Uh, so those are some options. And of course, some people prefer a paper calendar and there are tons of those to choose from, whether it's on the wall or something you carry with you. Uh, you know, if you like that better, get one. The, the key is just to use it, to, to not wait, but immediately enter any appointments into your calendar as soon as they're made so that they're there. If you spend most of your time in one location, you know, if you work from home and, and don't travel, you know, outside the home for business, or if you work in an office and all your work is done there, paper calendar could be great. And putting something up on the, the wall that you can see can be very helpful. Another thing I do with my calendar is block out time for uh, projects that need my attention. So if I know, say I've got a set of loan documents that I've got to get drafted for a client uh, and it's got to get done tomorrow, I may, and I know it's going to take me about an hour and a half to do that. I, I will look at my calendar, see where my appointments, you know, meetings, calls and that sort of thing are. And then I will block out time when I'm going to do those documents. So I make sure I'm making time time for a, a, a specific task that has to get done. So again, you can do that any, any number of ways, whether it's digital or paper, but use the calendar uh, religiously, so to speak, and it really does reduce the, the stress level. So that's number two. We have uh, those sleep apps, my calendar, uh, the third tool, a uh, productivity tool that I am using and loving and have used and loved for a long time is a simple pen and paper. Um, I, I love my digital tools. You, you know that if you've listened to this podcast for very long, but I also love pen and paper and they serve very specific purposes for me. Um, 
So what are those? What productivity purpose does a pen and paper serve? Um, they can be used for brainstorming ideas uh, and solutions. They can be used to create a quick and simple task list. Uh, and that's something, you know, when I'm overwhelmed by my digital task manager, getting out that uh, pen and paper and just writing down what's got to get done right now, this is what I'm going to focus on and just, you know, blow through the list one at a time. Obviously a pen and paper is a great tool for note taking and for doing a, a brain dump or a, you know, just getting everything out of your head onto paper where you can look at it. Uh, lots of other ways we can use pen and paper, but those are some of the key productivity purposes that they serve. How I use it. I like to keep various notebooks and nice pens around for all those uses. I enjoy writing with good pens and on good paper. So, uh, you know, I keep those around for those uh, to, to do any of those things. But I also keep some three by three sticky notes to, to use for things like an emergency to-do list. Uh, sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed, having just a small piece of paper that you can write your immediate to-do list on uh, can be very helpful. It forces me to keep that list short and, and to focus on what really, really needs to be done right now. Uh, I don't allow myself to keep sticky notes stuck all over the place. So I, I use them sparingly for you know, those short lists. And once I've done everything on the list, then they get uh, recycled, but they're a very useful tool. I also have legal pads in my desk for taking notes during conference calls and so on. And sometimes uh, listing my priority tasks for the day. When I am overwhelmed, it really helps me to get out a legal pad or a notebook and a pen and just do that brain dump, write down everything that's on my mind, get it out of my mind where I can look at it uh, and come up with a plan for dealing with it all. So those are some of the ways that I use pen and paper uh, as a productivity tool. What I like about them, well, they're easy to use, they're available everywhere, and they can be very inexpensive. They're a low-tech, low-cost solution with many, many uses, even for those of us who like our technology. So there are tons of alternatives. You can try notebooks, notepads, and loose paper of various sizes to find what you like. And the same thing goes with pens. There's so many different kinds of pens. Those of us who are stationary junkies know uh, we could get lost in Staples or Office Depot or whatever these places are um, looking at all the different kinds of pens. But, you know, there's gel pens, there's ballpoint pens, rollerball, felt tip and fountain pens and everything in between. So if you'd like to try uh, using pen and paper as a productivity tool and part of your system, just browse the aisle at Target or Walmart or any stationery store and pick up a few different kinds and see what you like. So that's number three is pen and paper. Number four is a timer. So what productivity purpose does a timer serve? It can keep me on time, on time for things that I need to do. It can keep me focused. 
setting a timer can create a sense of urgency that will keep me on task for a, a work sprint, a specific period of time where I'm just going to go all out and work on getting something done. It's helpful to me. It serves a purpose of setting boundaries for the amount of time I will spend on something. Uh, it's easy for me to get lost in a task and trying to be perfect about something and give it way more time than it deserves. So how I use a timer is a couple of different ways. If I am kind of lacking motivation to get started on a task, I might set a timer for a short period of time and just start. So maybe 10, 15 minutes telling myself, I'm just, I'm going to go, I'm going to start this task. I'm going to work until the timer goes off. That's all I have to do. Now, often in a case like that, I'll keep going because as I'm sure you know, getting started is often the hardest part. And once you get started, it's, it's easier to keep going, but um, it can really help me get started. On the other hand, when I want to limit my tendency to spend too much time on certain tasks, whether they are productive tasks or time wasters, like, I don't know, you know, watching YouTube videos or something, I can just allow myself a certain amount of time, set a timer and stop doing whatever that thing is when I'm done. Um, again, it's very helpful to do that, to avoid that tendency to just keep at something, trying to make it perfect and giving it more time than it deserves. Sometimes instead of asking, how long will this task take? You know, something that we need to do. It can be more effective to ask ourselves, how much time am I willing to allocate to this task? And, uh, and then set a timer for that amount of time and stop when it's done. And that can apply to anything we're doing, cleaning house, uh, working on a work project, whatever. If, if we need to get something out, something done, rather than saying, well, it's going to take me, you know, two and a half hours to clean the house. Maybe I only want to allow myself an hour to get it done. So I'll set the timer for an hour and just get to it and work as fast as I can, um, get kind of, you know, race against the timer to get as much of it done as I can. And when that timer goes off, I'm done. That's, you know, we're going to call it good enough and move on to the next thing. So that's, those are a couple of ways that I use timers. What I like about a timer as a productivity tool is the motivation it gives us to get started the, and to stay focused uh, and, and to maybe race against the timer. We can kind of compete with the timer, so to speak. So lots of different ways um, that it's helpful and things that I like about using it as a productivity tool. There are a number of alternatives that we can use for a timer. You can use a timer on, like I've got one on my Apple watch that I can use. You can uh, use the timer on your phone. Most smartphones come with a timer function. Uh, now there you have to be a little careful because there's a risk that when you check the timer or go to turn it off, you'll notice, Hey, there's an alert there. I got a text message or I got an email or Hey, somebody, you know, tagged me in on Facebook and I've got an alert there and we can get sucked into that, get distracted and, and, you know, get off task. But, uh, if you can discipline yourself not to do that, using the timer on your phone can be great. Uh, a simple way to, uh, a simple kind of timer, I guess, to use 
to avoid that risk is just to get a, a kitchen timer. You can get them in the kitchenware aisle at, um, you know, Walmart or Target or any of those stores. And those can be perfectly useful and avoid that risk of getting sucked into social media or other things on our phones. And there are some, uh, I, I forget what they're called, timer. There are these cubes that you can buy on Amazon that have different, they're a timer that you set just by turning the the amount of time you want face up and it it automatically starts. I can't think of what they're called. I meant to look it up, but we'll put a link in the show notes for, for what those are. And those are really helpful. So those are some options for using a timer as a productivity tool. The second or the number five productivity tool, and this is, I hesitate to call this a tool, but in a way it is, and that is a friend. So what productivity purpose can a friend serve? Well, a friend can provide encouragement when we're lacking, you know, we're feeling discouraged. A friend can provide accountability or motivation, a little good natured competition that can get us going. And a friend can provide a reality check when we are either maybe trying to take on too much or feeling like we can't accomplish what we want to. Friends can talk us down from our ledges, so to speak, and, and just give us that reality check that can keep us motivated and keep us moving forward on our goals. So a friend can be really, really helpful. Uh, and hopefully it can be a reciprocal kind of help. We can help them and they can help us. So how do I use a friend as a productivity tool? Well, all of the above. So if I'm feeling discouraged, reaching out to a friend um, to kind of talk through things and cheer me up, I can get that encouragement, that reality check that, hey, no, you can do this thing. And maybe you can come up with a different, they can come up with a different solution that I haven't thought of. They can, uh, you can use a friend as a productivity tool in the sense of if you've got a friend who's wanting to accomplish something similar to you, uh, you know, you can kind of both do a sprint together. An example that comes to mind is some of the writer friends that I have will uh, connect on through text messaging or on Facebook or something and say, okay, we're going to write for the next 45 minutes, get as many words done as we can. We'll check back in 45 minutes and see how much you did. And then, you know, you go to work that little bit of competition, accountability, whatever it is, can be very, very helpful. And a friend can provide that. What I like about a friend as a productivity tool is that I really value getting another person's perspective, especially if it's someone who knows me, who I know cares about me, but who I also know will tell me the truth in a kind way. Sometimes we get too close to a situation and we can't see solutions that might be obvious to someone with a little distance. And a, a friend can really provide that for us. They see us for who we are and they can point out when we are being unkind to ourselves or expecting too much of ourselves or when we're not expecting enough of ourselves. So uh, that, that a friend is great for that sort of thing. Alternatives to a friend in this situation might be a coach or a counselor, somebody that we can talk to that can provide that encouragement, that motivation, that accountability, uh, and that reality check. 
So a friend, a friend can be a great productivity tool. And hopefully, like I said, we can make it reciprocal and we can provide the same for them. Number six on my list today is a password manager. Well, what, and this is a, a, an app or a a service that stores our passwords for all our online accounts and things like that. I've talked about this in the past, but uh, it's such an essential tool for being productive in a lot of different ways. So what productivity purpose a password manager serves? It helps me create complex, secure passwords for my important online accounts, and then it remembers them so I don't have to use up brain power trying to remember those passwords, and I don't waste time looking for them or lose time to dealing with the fallout if I use a simple but risky password. So, you know, if you're using the same password for everything and it's a word or a name of a kid or something like that, there's a huge amount of risk in doing that. And you can lose a lot of time. And I know people who've lost a lot of time and even money dealing with um, having other uh, shall we say, less than savory people figure out their password and get into their accounts. A password manager helps me avoid that. How I use it is it's um, the one I use is both an app on my mobile devices and a web browser extension. So when I open a new account on a website, my password manager offers to create a secure password for me. It lets me set options like how long, how many characters I want in the password, what kinds of characters, if I, uh, and then in, in all those sorts of things. And then once I've selected it, it has created it for me and I've uh, accepted it, so to speak. It, it stores that password in a secure online vault so that whenever I log into one of my accounts, my password manager can just fill in my username and password automatically uh, and saves me tons of time when I'm logging in. I don't have to go look it up and so on. Uh, my password manager and most of them I think now can do this, uh, can do security checks and let me know if any of the sites that I have accounts on have been hacked lately uh, so that I can change my password. Uh, or if I have, it'll tell me if I haven't changed my password in a while uh, and encourage me to change it because the you know best practices are that you use a different complex password for each online account that you use and that you change them periodically so that, you know, if somebody hacks it, they can't, they still can't get in because you've, you've changed your password. So that's just an extra layer of security that creates for us. What I like about a password manager is that it's simple to use. It's secure. It can create and remember better passwords than I could come up with on my own. So I feel safer online and that peace of mind can contribute to productivity. Uh, What alternatives are there? Well, there are a lot of them. I use LastPass. I use the paid version. I think they still have a free version. Um, but the paid versions less than 20 bucks a year. So it's well worth that. There are others that are very good, such as one password, which I've played with some, but I've, I've been using LastPass for a long time. Uh, Dashlane is another one I've heard of. You can, um, 
find lots of different ones, but I do encourage you to find one. So a password manager is a really useful and important productivity tool. Number seven is a, um, well, I'm just going to, the one I use is text expander. So I've talked about it before. They are a longtime sponsor of the productive woman, but I have talked about them and I've used them since long before they ever sponsored the show. They're not a sponsor of this episode, but it, it's a, an incredibly important productivity tool for me. So what productivity purpose it serves is that it simplifies and saves time in retyping or cutting and pasting frequently used text by allowing t- me to create what it calls snippets. So a, a, an abbreviated word or f- a few keystrokes that will then automatically expand into the longer text that I need and use frequently. So how I use it is I have snippets created for tons of different things, everything from frequently used phone numbers, email addresses, dates, my, my bar numbers. I'm a member of a couple different state bars as a lawyer, and I often have to type in my, uh, my bar number, but I don't have it memorized. I don't need to, I type two or three characters and it just pops it in there. And so everything from short things like that to longer, fully formatted multi-paragraph letters that I have to send frequently. Anything I find myself typing more than a couple of times, I create a snippet in text expander And I've talked about it before because they're a sponsor. uh, So I'm not going to belabor it here. But if you spend much time at a computer, I encourage you to look into something like Text Expander. It's available in every app that that I am typing in. And it's available for, you know, all the different platforms. What I like about it is it's easy to use, it's efficient, it syncs across all my devices and is available everywhere that I'm typing and saves me a ton of time and brain damage trying to remember these things. Alternatives to Text Expander are, uh, there are several of them. Phrase Express is one that I used in the past on a Windows-based PC before Text Expander was available for Windows, and I liked Phrase Express quite a bit. Uh, there are others such as Typeinator and Brevi that I have not used in the past, but that get um, pretty good reviews. Um, to find other alternatives, if Text Expander isn't what you're interested in, I just Googled alternatives for text expander. And you can see all kinds of information, articles about the different alternatives and descriptions of them. So you can find one to try. So that's number seven. Number eight is Zoom. What product and and Zoom is a video conferencing software. If you've been in, uh, you know, a, a video conference with me, it's probably been on Zoom. What productivity purpose it serves is that it allows quick and easy face-to-face communication with other people who are not in the same room with me. And so how I use it is a, a lot of different ways. I use it for meetings with my assistant and other people. I use it for mastermind meetings, both those, you know, the productive woman uh, mastermind meetings that I facilitate, but also masterminds that I'm a member of. We meet using Zoom uh, video conferencing. It allows us to see each other, uh, you know, and talk kind of face to face. I use it for coaching calls. So when, when I, both when I productive woman coaching clients, productivity coaching clients, but also, uh, 
coaches that I have engaged over time. We've used Zoom. It's a great way to interact. I've used it for business meetings of various types. We did our, we have done in the past, our productive woman book club discussions using Zoom. So you can have lots of people in a video conference and you can all see and talk to each other. I really like that. I, I like that I can record the meetings if I want to for myself or for others to watch or listen to later. And I'll talk in a minute about how I share those recordings for things like the mastermind meetings and stuff. What I like about Zoom is it it's very easy and intuitive to use, even for somebody who hasn't used it before. It's relatively inexpensive. I for, I think there's a free version and I, I forgot to check, but I think the last time I checked, uh, you could use it for the free version with one other person for an indefinite amount of time. If you had more than two people on the call, uh, it, it was limited to 40 minutes, but I, I pay, I forget, maybe $20 a month, something like that to, to have, uh, you know, pretty much unlimited numbers of people on the calls and lengths of calls. And it's, so it's relatively inexpensive. It's a, a great way to connect with other people when you can't meet face to face. And I think you can have more effective communication because, uh, video conferencing allows for those visual cues in your communication that are missing, even in a phone call and certainly in written communication like emails, chat rooms, and texting. It's a great tool to have on hand. If you need, Sometimes it's just quicker to have that conversation where you can look each other in the eye, so to speak, and, and you see body language and facial expressions and that, and that is a big part of real communication. So I, I love zoom for that purpose, but there are other alternatives. And the main one that comes to mind, of course, is Skype that lots and lots of people use. So something like that can be a great productivity tool. It can be much quicker and more effective and more efficient sometimes to have that quick video conference rather than sending emails, for instance, back and forth. So that's number eight, zoom. Number nine, uh, the ninth productivity tool that I am using and loving and wanted to recommend is my Apple watch. Um, I wear it every day. Uh, what productivity purpose it serves? Well, several of them. Besides the obvious one of making sure I know what time it is, it can provide other helpful information depending on how I configure the face of the watch. So it can show the weather, it can show appointments, it can show all sorts of different things. There's lots of different options for that. And it can help with tracking health-related information like water intake, physical, physical activity, heart rate, any number of things. Um, so there's lots of ways that it can be a very useful tool for productivity. How I use it is a couple of ways, but I have the, the, the main watch face that I use configured to show me the time, of course, the date, because honestly, sometimes I forget what day it is. And I find myself, you know, a few times a day looking, looking at my watch to remind myself of the date. Um, it shows my next appointment, just the next thing that I have on my calendar that is time specific. Um, it can, and it shows me the, the temperature outside, which can be important if I need, so I know if I need to get a coat before I go outside or an umbrella, um, and my activity rings that I'm kind of tracking, um, oh, and my water intake. That's the other thing it shows. Although I have all the sound alerts turned off, so my watch doesn't make any noise. 
and neither does my phone for that matter. My watch will, uh, it, I have it set so it'll kind of, I, I call it thump me. It has a little the haptic signal. It feels like a thump, a, a light tap on my wrist to remind me of when it's time to get ready for my next appointment. It also will do that if I have been sitting for an hour without getting up and moving around a little, which is helpful to keep me, you know, it's healthier to remind me to get up and move around at least for a couple of minutes out of every hour. I have even used my Apple watch to answer phone calls in a pinch, um, which, which I always feel kind of silly doing that, but it's been handy when my phone was across the room or, or down in the bottom of my purse and I couldn't get to it in time. And it can be used to do things like dictate reminders or add tasks to your task list. And it can do tons of other things, but those are the main things that I use it for. What I like about my Apple watch is that it's with me all the time. It syncs with my phone as far as appointments and reminders and things like that. And it lets me check certain things like the time and so on without picking up my phone and risking getting sucked into checking email or social media that it's very helpful to me. I can put my phone off, you know, somewhere else, not pick and have to pick it up to check the time and not be distracted by it. And yet still have that information available to me on my wrist. There are alternatives to the Apple watch. I have used a Fitbit in the past. Mine was kind of the old school Fitbit that didn't really do much except track steps. There are other uh, newer ones that do more. There are other devices made by Garmin and Samsung and others that do some or all of the things that the Apple Watch does, but I haven't tried those. You can Google alternatives to the Apple Watch and find um, ideas if, if you're not interested in an Apple Watch. So that was number nine. And finally, number 10, my 10th uh, productivity tool that I wanted to talk about today that is very useful to me and really working well for me is Dropbox. It is a a file storage, cloud storage solution. I think we've talked about it on the show before. What productivity purpose it serves is storing my documents and other kinds of files in a way that lets me access them from anywhere and share them with anybody I choose to share them with. So how I use it is that most of my documents that I work on with on my computer are saved in Dropbox, uh, as are files like the recordings from Zoom meetings go into Dropbox and, you know, tons of other things. I sh- and then they're all in folders. It just looks like a, you know, a folder hierarchy or whatever, and you name the folders, whatever you want to. And I share different folders with different people, depending on the needs. So there is a folder I share with my assistant for show notes and different things for the productive woman. There are folders that I create for my productive woman uh, coaching clients, where I share the recordings of our sessions, my notes, uh, any resources that we talk about, all that's available, I can share with them. Same thing for mastermind participants. Uh, we always have a folder for the each mastermind group that only the members of that group can get into to find the recordings and different resources and things like that. So there, those are the kinds of things I use Dropbox for. I what And again, what I love about it is I'm working on my computer, I save it, 
say I'm working on my laptop, I save a file in there. And if I'm out and about and I need to get at it, I can get at it from my phone, I can get at it from my other computer, it all just syncs seamlessly. That's what I like about it. It's easy to use. It syncs across all my devices seamlessly. And most of the people that I work with have Dropbox accounts, so they understand how to use them and how to get at them. There is a, I think there's still a free version of Dropbox, but I pay, I forget what I pay for it, um, uh, you know, an annual fee for extra storage and extra features. There are, of course, alternatives to Dropbox that do a lot of the same things. So Google Drive is a great alternative. If you are in the Microsoft um, uh, ecosystem, Microsoft OneDrive, does a lot of the same things. Box.com is something that's used by a lot of businesses and there are plenty of others. So again, if you Google alternatives for Dropbox, you will find articles reviewing various options and giving the pros and cons and you can choose a one that works for you. So those are my 10 tools, uh, productivity tools that I'm liking right now. That's sleep aid applications, apps on my phone, a calendar, pen and paper, a timer, a friend, a password manager, text expander, my Apple watch and Dropbox. What about you? I would love to know what you think about this. Do you use any of these tools or are there others that I didn't mention that you find indispensable? I'd love to hear what they are. I'm always looking to, you know, find the best uh, solutions and, and learn from what other people are using. So share your ideas, your thoughts, or your recommendations on this topic in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 268. And that's also where you're going to find links to all of these different things that I recommended or talked about. Uh, so you can share your, your recommendations there, or your questions. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, share your thoughts there, your recommendations. We can all learn from each other. If you would rather share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Um, it's my favorite thing is hearing from other women in the community here and the guys too. Um, before we go, I do want to share a quick Thank you for, uh, for one of our sponsors, the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. It was established in 1962 and has served the lifelong learning and career development uh, needs of individuals, organizations, and the community ever since. They provide learning pathways for those seeking career advancement or personal enrichment through a wide range of educational opportunities including certificate and specialized studies programs, short courses, and strategic partnerships. They offer courses and certifications that are taught by industry practitioners in a huge range of categories, business and leadership to tech, project manager, engineering, human resources, and all sorts of things. They offer uh, 100% online courses that provide convenience and flexibility, and yet a real immersive online classroom experience that even includes collaboration with your peers, which is a great way to learn. 
UCI Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career, make a career transition, or simply help you become more knowledgeable. Uh, They can provide you with the flexibility to stay on top of your game professionally in your current role while preparing you to level up. And open enrollment means there are no applications to complete. Just log in and sign up. You can pay for a single course or enroll in an in an entire certificate program, you are the one who has control over your academic plan with UCI. So it's a great tool as we are coming into the holiday season and thinking about our goals for the coming year. You know, you may be planning gifts for family and friends. Well, give yourself the gift of education. If you've got a goal to um, level up in your career or just to learn some new things in the coming year, Uh, don't overlook the value of investing in yourself right now. Uh, And you can do that by visiting ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and enter that promo code TPW and you'll get 15% off one course. And if you're driving and you can't remember that, that URL, don't worry, just go to the show notes for this episode and there'll be a link there that'll take you there. But again, it's ce.edu uci.edu slash productive woman and then and the promo code is tpw that will get you 15 percent off one course winter registration is open right now but this offer is only valid until right before midnight on december 31st of 2019 so don't wait too long Uh, So that's a great resource for you. And of course, if you run your own business, remember to check out our new sponsor, HoneyBook. And remember that they are offering Productive Woman listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash TPW. They have that flexible payment. The promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So again, go to honeybook.com slash TPW for 50% off your first year honeybook.com slash tpw and thank you so much to honeybook and the university of california irvine's division of continuing education for supporting the productive woman podcast and productive women everywhere and that is it for this episode of the productive woman i thank you once again for spending this time with me i hope you felt it was worthwhile i look forward to talking with you again very soon so until next time remember extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter.